Let the cat. What are you doing? We're supposed to be recording. Nobody can see your face in a filter. Urban life. Neighborhood banter. Pull up a seat and pass the time. <laughs> the Dukan Show. Hosted by OT, Toothless, Urshad, and Reem. Welcome to the tribe. That's how aggressive these filters are, man. They, you, can, you can literally shoot you in the face. <laughs> Um, oh, it didn't read. It didn't read. Of course, it's not. I don't want to. I don't want to say Asians. it because you're it's black. It's a Chinese app. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but <laughs> but you know. You, oh, you gonna be racist now? <laughs> no, no, live, no. Live, live on the show. On no, no. It's because you're sitting in a dark room. <laughs> oh, is that what we're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that the lie we're telling? Yeah. No, it's not a lie. Did you, oh my god! Did you hear me creak a hundred times just now? Was, that was your bone? That was my entire body creaking. God damn, that is nasty. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm aging. <laughs> you are. I know, but gracefully, luckily, and I'll tell you how I'm aging gracefully, I still find life and you hilarious. That's usually just aging, period. No. <laughs> there, there is no grace in that. <laughs> You're just old. Have you seen this filter, though? <laughs> Okay. See that—that's proof of age. You're looking for filters to save you. <laughs> All the young girls use filters. They're but not using it to age. They're using it to have a dog's tongue for some reason. What do you mean for some <laughs> reason? Because it's cute. They and Debatable. Instagram told us that it will be—it will Debatable. be popular. I mean, it is popular. I'm judging that though. You know. Anyway, on the real, log one. Um, we're back live on air. There's a lot of travels and a little bit of time. Too much travel, too little time. I said at the beginning of the year, you know when you manifest something. At the beginning of the year, I said I'd like to travel more and I'd like to do more business. And I'd like to, um, I don't remember what I said, but I did say those two things. And we did those things this year. And moving into like, I always find September to be a time of really great renewal. Some people Why say September? August. Because it's the last quarter. So if so you break your year out... No, it's the end of the third quarter, right? It's kind of, yeah, the beginning yeah, of the you're fourth, the, right? Yeah, you're getting... Yeah, it's the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you contemplate how you're going to end the year, hopefully strong, hopefully solid. You put game plans in place. Oh, so definitely. Today was a day of, like, full-out game planning, like strategy, planning, getting everybody in order, rearranging the entire structure of some parts of the business to react to how the market's changing um and i loved it and i think like that we've got a really a great stuff pumping yeah and i'm i'm excited about we're having a lot of the can conversations i think it's a time of renewal for it us is. as well it you is. know i feel like I, I actually never planned for september but it's starting to seem like yeah every year it kind of is that time homie you're just it, it's just to good itself. to plan every four months like Every four months, give yourself a moment. By then, you're burnt out anyway. Like if you go as like hard as we do, yeah, you look look good. You look burnt as a raisin. (laughs) 
Whoa. Like a little Whoa. wrinkly. You getting racial? <laughs> no, no, no. What? <laughs> Burnt as in when okay. when a raisin's out in the sun, when a, when a luscious grape is put out in the sun. Choose your words carefully. <laughs> your eyes look like dry raisins, and I hear them opening because they're so dry. <laughs> they go. That's not my eyes. Those are your bones. <laughs> Yeah, they match up my creaky bones. Anyways, my point here is that now that I kind of look back at the manic year that we've had, I think we're very lucky, but also I think we need to be a little more conscious of our time and our humanity. Because you old, you know, and, you know, that's how life is. I you only go home to sleep now. We only, yeah, that's pretty like, much I, it. I don't see... You don't see, you're, you don't see your family. No. And I know that's the like, hustle. I'm, I met my brother Like, I Friday. know... What? Mark and I live together. I just met him this Friday. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, <laughs> hello, hello, you. Hello, I've seen you, you around. <laughs> right? Like, we live together, don't yeah, we? Yeah, but when I go to the Philippines, which I'm going next week, I don't carry a suitcase. I just carry, like, one of those big backpacks, and that's what, it. What's, what are you carrying? What's going to be in that? Nothing. Like, I just wear, I, I literally wear shorts and white tank tops, and that's it. I don't wear watches. I don't wear jewelry. I don't wear, like, I literally. You don't yeah, exactly. I wear, like, a sports bra, a tank top. And then just in case I have a business meeting, I have, like, one outfit that I roll up and I throw at the bottom. You know? I don't even, like... Uh, and uh, it's just pretty... It's pretty whack. Like, I don't think we'll have a business meeting at all this time, so... No, but you know. how long are you going for? We're going for four days because where we've got to go is into the, into the, into the rural area. Okay. So I'm going to, like... <laughs> I'm going to help a friend who's... What's the, happening? Basically, I don't know how Tell to frame me. this so I don't, like, rat anyone out. I hope you do because this is going to be hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, basically, you, uh, what's happened is there's been a situation where one of the ladies that we know had a nervous breakdown here. And it had nothing to do... Rem I don't know if you, you remember this, right? Pretend like I don't. Tell me the story. <laughs> no, come on. Please, from All the right. top. So one day, a good friend of mine calls me, and she says, um, the lady that I'm living with has gone insane, and she is literally thinking that I've poisoned her, and that, <laughs> I am go that I'm going to kill our dog. And it's just Whoa. a pretty crazy... Okay, that got dark very quickly. Yeah, it was really... Funny, it was really whack. Like, it was just this... And obviously, you know... Mental health is not something to always make fun of, but no, there are moments agreed. when I look at the lighter side of life in general. And so we, Omar and I go over to the, the house, try to kind of calm the situation. And I realize that this lady who's having a, a, a the, not my friend, you know, the her, one having a breakdown, the one having a breakdown, she, for, for, I don't know, for, for, we should call her, we should give her a name, Betty. Okay. Betty. <laughs> we could call her Betty, okay? Okay. <laughs> so, Betty starts yes, to go. Betty. So when I sit there and I speak to her, I realize sh her head's not in the same space as mine where I'm trying to communicate with her, but she's almost looking like through me. Do you know? Like where you're standing up, maybe it's the height thing. No, it wasn't a height thing, <laughs> OT. By the way, she's the same height as me, so really it doesn't matter. But we were sitting down and she was having like a full out, you know, and then she said, and, uh, you know, I'm being poisoned, I'm, you know, and there was this real sense of like true paranoia. And so finally, you know, uh, it, we, it was decided that it would be best if she goes home to back to sure. where to the Philippines take where she's from, right? Uh, to take a break, life is stressful, mm -hmm. and to be honest with you, sometimes people just break down. Like it just I happens, it. right? We try not to burn we out. We try not it. to burn out. We try not to whatever. But this is what happens. So it turns out later on now 
that she's actually creating quite a bit of a quite a big problem from the Philippines. Mm. And so I have been commissioned. So why are, why are you commissioned to do this? <laughs> because I'm the voice of reason in the universe. Don't lie. Uh, no, I'll you tell lie. I'll tell you why because for some reason she trusts me. That's the real honest okay. truth. We can make fun of it as much as whatever, <laughs> but the reality is I've got to go and and to be honest, I'm going to go and try and make sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, part of the experience of being expats is that our families actually don't know what happens when you're away. When when we're away and you know you go back it's a change of scenery but I think that now we're starting to see pockets uh, uh, flaring up and this is you know I know Omar is going to listen to this episode one day um, in the near future because he listens to all our episodes but the truth is too is that Omar has actually never been to the Philippines and we've been together for a decade we've been together for almost Almost a decade, for nine years now. He was bald-headed. He was, now, somehow he's got hair. Now he's got a massive mane of hair. That and he's nobody never, understands. And he's never... And I, so now, long. I have to write to my family to tell them You're why Omar is... We're going to the Philippines, but I actually you know, have no... I'm not going to go see them. I can't see my grandma, and it is going to cause such a massive Ooh, rocket. You are brave. <laughs> I can't even Nobody OT. does that. No, I, I don't know what to do. I don't have time, because I'm going down. And here's the thing. I do have time, but to... To go to the... This can you deal with this first? Can you just rock up in Sudan right now? No. Can, this is my they're point. Gonna <laughs> they're going to know. They're going to know. No, I have to, I have to write a well-crafted letter. And like if a I really show up and not tell anybody and they find out, like... Someone's going to die. This is why I only go through <laughs> wedding seasons because what happens is I get there the day of a wedding, show up to the wedding, I just see everybody there, pay my respects, and I'm out. One strike, Done. one kill, there and you, everything is it. there. This I'm is out. what I'm saying. And, like, for me, it's such it's been such a source of stress, right? And I know you're laughing at it, because it's very funny. No, from, it's stressful. It's funny from but the, the outside. Is, if, you, <laughs> if you don't come from that background, it's a scary thought. No, be, I'm like, actually scared you got to be my... respectful of, like, mom and dad's side of the family, and you got to make sure you go see all of them. And then the fact that it's your grandma, like, yo, you're asking to get killed. No, my... Yeah, exactly. But that's exactly it. You and cannot Omar, go there and not see her. You know... Part of my dad leaving was that I didn't need anyone. I didn't want anyone's permission for me to be with Omar. So I just kind of said, I'm with you. I've chosen you for my life. You know, it's no one else's life. It's my life. Does he feel the same? Uh, My Omar feels like, you know, obviously that, you know, his life got a massive upgrade nine years ago. when I (laughs) 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 I think that's a good one. Yeah. You're not bad. You're not bad. You know what? I think that he, I think that he, it's easier, you know, most of the time the social structure is that the woman puts, the woman puts a lot of pressure on the man to make a commitment so that she can introduce him in the Arab world and in the Filipino world so that she can introduce him to, I really didn't. And I still don't. And, but I love my grandmother. I love my grandmother so much and I really uh, respect Okay, so what's the game plan? What are you going to do? I'm going to write a real I'm going to write a letter, handwritten letter, and then I'm going to cry on it like tears so she can taste my salty tears. Wow. <laughs> and then I'm going to send it. I'm going to That s- is no, evil. I'm going to send I'm actually going to write a letter like I'm going to call them and I'm going to explain that we're very sorry. Um, and luckily during my uncle's birthday a few weeks ago, Omar who hasn't met anybody in the family made a video saying because he's always trying to earn brownie points. Well you know done. what I mean? I like well, his like, game plan. Well, he's so good. He's, I like, like his so game good. plan. So, he er- so to earn brownie points, he made a video w- wishing my uncle a very happy birthday. And they what played it at the party. What did you do for your uncle? 
Uh, I made a video too, <laughs> but mine was like running through the Phuket like airport. <laughs> okay, I love you. I'm sorry I can't be there. That's so tacky. <laughs> sorry. Did he edit his own video? That Omar was like nice. He was well, like in the streets of Beirut and like Martino's wedding invitation <laughs> yeah, well, video. That was nice. It was nice. I he he needs to rack up these brownie points because well, he's then. about to slide right back into the red right now. I'm so, impressed. And but to be honest with you, my my family is I'm, I may be misrepresenting them. They're actually very easygoing and very loving. No, and, it's too but, late to say that now. No, but it, no, but but <laughs> there is a, a level of respect you have to maintain for your grandmother, and she's my she's Yo. she's the grandmother that I think triggered the gatekeeper. She's yeah, and she's the one is that it, triggered in, in, all of the things that make me me. You in, know, in your in your social structure, is it that in a in a cultural context in the Philippines, grandma's like. Her word goes. It's maternal. It's completely up, like sorry. Yeah, it's like a matriarchal yeah. household, and like um, there so like is. So it don't matter what your mom says. Your no. grandma said so. That's if it. my grandma says we're going here for lunch, it's like consider it done. That's we're it. going there for lunch. Okay. And if my grandmother, so for example, my grandmother. Um, really loved pageantry like she was never a pageant girl herself but she always loved uh you know my mom was always in the pageants and she would like you know perform mm. and do the and make and so my love for making my own our own clothes and stuff like that that comes from that like pageantry and like my grandmother this is something this is also why i i you know i don't really want to go is because she likes to see different outfits <laughs> she likes to see like a morning outfit and, and evening no outfit. A morning a outfit and evening. Morning outfit. And she Who packs a giant bag that's empty. She like for for and my sister's even worse. My sister will go with two t-shirts, two no, shorts. I'm telling you, I get along like, with you. No underwear. No, <laughs> no need. Straight up. But for me, like, I, there is a standard that my grandmother likes, and it it doesn't. It's a little bit more effort on my part, but it makes her so it very her happy. happy. And Omar, I don't. I I I think I went a little bit too far. Now I'm reflecting on it. I may have gone a bit too far with I don't need anyone's permission. Mm. I feel now that it's nine years in it, it, that I should have pressured him a little more to go see my family and, and, and not to Why? ask for their permission, but to meet them because they're amazing. You know, they're amazing people who are remarkable. And like but my grandmother I is a woman. Question, but I mean, why push him to go? Because now we're stuck in this future ream. This is me right now. So? It's in an uncomfortable position because yo, we didn't ever go. You yo, know? man up. <laughs> you got to man up. Go in guns blazing. You're like, yo, grandma, listen. No, listen, there's this ugly, a whole hairy thing. No, there's a whole presentation. <laughs> and the problem is, is that you see how we live our social media lives. There's a specter of Omar that is expected to arrive in the country and like be catered to and to eat. And he God, loves it. Omar is a Kardashian. You can't just back like... <laughs> I oh you can't just backpack with Omar. He's done with no. it. He's not having any of that anymore. And so I know for a fact. I know for a fact this is gonna cause a massive ruckus. And you know, I'm not gonna ask for an apology. Like I sorry, I'm not gonna ask for the permission. I'm gonna apologize and say I'm sorry. But this is how it goes. I have a feeling if we end up there day before, I'm in the mall buying outfits and like getting stuff because there is a minimum standard. I can't you know. And she's a like my grandma too. She's so she's just a cool lady. Like she's a nice, cool lady, you know. And Omar to her is uh, an example. Is a is someone that she has to meet to give her approval about him, you know. Even so, though what she, differentiates your grandma, or your household culturally from other Filipino households? Uh, my grand a lot of when my parents were growing up. Sorry, when my mom was growing up and her sisters were growing up. 
a lot of the other people in their very, very small village um, were the parents were holding their daughters close, saying, you know, you're going to get married, you're going to whatever. My mom wanted to fly when she wanted to be an airline stewardess. She wa- she'd already become a nurse. And she said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to fly. And my grandmother said, go. Like, go be in the world. She's always encouraged her daughters to be, like, own own business, have industry, you know. My great-grandmother had acres and acres and acres of land. And um, she would personally walk. You know how the old school, like, they would walk and watch every part of the field and, t- and take care of all of it. And the, she would get trucks and sell sugar cane and all this stuff. My, my grandmother fell in love with my grandfather who was much older than her, much older than, yeah. Older, okay. And it was a very big, uh, it, was an, it was a it was village a no? concern. So my grandparents ran away and hid in the mountains for many, Damn. many, many months. Yeah, and then my mom was born and she was born, I don't know if they'd been married, but they were certainly not approved of. And so this, my grandmother took care of my, mo- my, my mom growing, sorry, my, my great-grandmother shunned my grandmother and her and, and my grandfather for a while because they had caused um, embarrassment, you know. And my mom remembers growing up and my, my grandmother not, in, not allowing her to touch the iron or wanting her to be pristine because she wanted her to have a different life, not a life in the, in the woods or in the, in the, in the jungle or... You know, and this is this is part of what I want to show Omar is like I don't come from metropolis. You know, I don't come from that. I come from village and I come from wonderful places with people who eat from the earth and live by the earth and their world is now open because of my grandmother because my grandmother had all her kids educated somehow and you know, that's remarkable. How many siblings your mom got? My mom's got, um, she's got two sisters and a, a brother, mm-hmm. and then she's got a half-brother, okay. who's always, uh, we make fun, I, I'm sorry, if I love you, Tita Freddy, but he's always digging for gold in the mountains. <laughs> 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 he's got, he's gold digging, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's it? like, yeah, because the Japanese supposedly left, like, a hid gold in the in the Filipino oh my mountains. God, that is so cool. And there is an entire, in, in, in retirement, it only stands to reason that you should go dig some of it out. Well so, done. oh my God! So there's an area, right? I gotta go document this, but th- where they bring these people who supposedly know how to find the gold in the land, and no women are actually allowed to go Why? because we're supposedly bad luck. <laughs> Yo, and I was like, he's never met me. I bring the. Have you seen my calculator? I bring the cash. Like, and my no, my uncle's like, no, sorry, you can't go. It's bad luck. And I have to accept this. Send Omar. And I was like, I'll send Omar in. Zaid went. My brother went, and they went, and they go look, and there's like all this statistical analysis of where the, go- the they gold. They don't reconsider their math if it has not worked for so many years. <laughs> the like y'all, y'all been f- for so long. <laughs> this is like so long ago, man. And like I, I just kind of laugh about it. But I've got to say, like you know how quirky we all are. Like my brother and my brothers and my sister and I. We, it comes. We comes from <laughs> from there. But Adam's been. He hasn't been right. Adam, like Adam went when he was. Oh my God! This is actually a very funny thing. Adam went when he was uh, ten years old. But Adam was born in Toronto, in mm. in you know in, in in the hospital in the middle of Toronto, and has known the city his entire life. He arrived in Philippines, beautiful island where you mm. know my mom, the village, and the island. He was allergic to everything. <laughs> <laughs> he smelt up like a, he was like a ball. 
<laughs> the bug bit him, it would swell like this. And he was just, he was not acclimatized to yeah. being in nature. You know what I mean? Oh, and wow. for him, he's like, what is this, like pilgrims? He would say that. <laughs> and I was 10? like, he was like, he was really, he was really like snarky about it. And I just said like, he loves our family. He can feel their love, but he's so much like them. He's so, the love for music, the mm. love for art, the love for singing and dance. Like, that's all my mom's family, you know? But he won't ever know that because he's Canadian through and through and through. He's Canadian. You try you know? to get him to connect to that side? Um, I do try to show him. There's a way, I believe, to celebrate it. Like, he really connects to his Arab side now through us, mm. you know, through our exploration, like, of, of ourselves and our very public, you know, confusion sometimes. That email, what was it? Um, Do you remember he had he had a very well written email? He had a casting agent in Toronto. Okay. That um, had and it was interesting because pre precursor to that, Narsi was on Insta Story. Yeah. And he was talking about how he was sitting in an audition and there was some Arab there was some non Arab guy telling him how to speak Arabic. Yeah. And Narsi was like, "How are we being represented? We've got to make our own content." So he was very much in yeah. in the middle of a rant, which I shared with Adam. And then uh, cut to like a few weeks later, or maybe even months later, Adam gets uh, an audition from one of his uh, casting agents in Toronto because he's an actor. And sure enough, it's this uh, story, it's, it's side, so it's just a little, sp uh, only his lines that yeah. he has to audition. And it's the story of uh, a young boy, a young boy who's disturbed, and he's Arab and he's disturbed, and he's acting out, and he's basically the villain in the story. And then the way that they, uh, you know, annihilate the villain is by kicking him in the nuts. <laughs> and like, it's this like, you know, after school special type series. And Adam wrote the most articulate email hmm. saying, um, you know, actually, let me find it. Give me a second. Okay, because he wrote the most articulate email about, hmm. um, you know, uh, racism and about how, uh, especially what's happening in North America. Let me let me read to you what he wrote because I, and he the way he sent it to me he forwarded to me and he was like LOL and that was all he wrote to me. I mean, but I, what he I was wrote proud of him when I saw that. Well, yeah, what he wrote to what he wrote to his casting agent was, um, I had a chance to look over the script in depth and I don't believe this is something I would be appropriate for. I should note, by the way, not uh, as an aside, he gets cast for he gets sent most of the Arab roles because yeah. there because are quite a few yeah. coming out now, and it's very interesting yeah. how he's rejecting all of them. Well done. So he wrote, "I've ha I had a chance to look over the script in depth, and I don't believe this is something that I would be appropriate for. I'm not religious in any way, but the script seems to be written with a lot of negativity towards the Muslim character, with description like with descriptions like the kid's a liar and a douche." <laughs> The way these sides are written is odd, from the way he talks up to his problematic actions only being solved by him getting kicked in the sensitive area of his anatomy. With everything that's been happening in the past year in North America, the last thing we need is a television series showing children how POC makes up false accusations of gross and extreme re racism. POC is? Um, I don't ac actually know. Okay. I have to find out, actually. We'll find out. Let's, let's ask him right now, actually. Right, no, keep reading. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll Google this. Um, how POC makes up false accusations of gross and extreme racism for dramatic effect. Proof of concept. Ah, proof of concept. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's mm. ask Adam as well. 
To portray a character on television who makes up false accusations discredits the stories of those who experience genuine racism on a daily basis. So for that reason, I don't think I'm the right person for this role. I hope you understand and even more so agree. Best regards, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> well done. And you know what? I and they responded with understanding. You know, I didn't. They responded. It's kind of like homegirl from yeah, the thing they wanted me in. She exactly, and I think we'll talk about that in a second. But speaking to like the systematic racism in mm. like North American, um, well, Canadian, anyways, it, because this is the only interaction we have. I don't really have much interaction with the states, but uh, in Canadian, in the current Canadian kind of media landscape. They do try and celebrate Arabs and the Arab story, but it usually is coded in the immigrant story. Mm. Or, you know, it, it's coded in a very specific way. And Adam was trying to say this. He's very young, so he only has so much breadth before, you know. But it was very well written. Yeah, and he was, I said, when did you write this? He said, on the treadmill. I was so angry. <laughs> and I said, I love you, and I'm proud of you. And I think that was very much, uh, I said, you know, this is the voice. This is your voice. This mm. is for you. And, uh, and I stand with you if this is what you believe. Um, and I, I, I found it very um, honest. And But for someone who's been disconnected from that Arab side of his identity because he's been born and raised in Toronto, and he speaks like a Canadian, he is a Canadian. His he's, outlook on life is, is Canadian. It's very Canadian, exactly. Yeah. For him to kind of articulate such a message is what I found to be pretty impressive that at that age as well he has a level of wisdom and is able to articulate a thought that way where one he's very respectful very polite but also is very um, clear very assertive yeah. and very clear with his message this was my hope when I brought him here was to showcase the, the part of the Arab world that I believe is a part of him that we are a part of yeah um, that's very deeply you know um, that's very deeply a voice of peace and love and a voice that is not uh, one that sh that that you know wants to be demoralized, obviously, in yeah. the face of you know the the, the uh, there is a massive movement against you know uh, against the Arab. I feel sometimes, and I I feel like we stand as we stand as resistance against that. Agreed. Us and our peers stand as resistance, and speaking truth to power the way he did is important for yep. young guys to do. And to be honest with you, even looking to the Suede Gorillas, uh, that episode with the Suede Gorillas, yeah. uh, the future is very, very bright. I feel like there is such wonderful hope, you know, when I speak to young people. Uh, even though I'm young, you know, and cool, and You've hip been and cracking. hip and happy, your, your joints and bones have been making noises. Literally all night cracking. Okay, no. You're, Listen, you're I'm telling you right now, the peak of my career will be when I'm 85. Mark my words. When you're 85. 85 well, for me. For guns. What are you talking about, OT? Sadly, I have four kidneys. <laughs> Anyways, we're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> I think that's actually Kanye, sadly. I think that was in Kanye lyrics. <laughs> I wrote it down one day after. Was it fat Kanye or skinny Kanye? What is going on? <laughs> I, okay, I'm so sorry. I don't want to turn this into like a tabloid discussion. This is not E now. But that's still hilarious. Uh, you know, the memes that are coming out, I don't ever want to fat shame anyone. No. But man. Who was it? 
It was like the one you sent me from Eddie Wong. Oh my god, Kanye Panchoy. Oh no. He's like, what? He's like, I'm finally losing weight, and Kanye is gonna make it cool to be fat again. Yeah, exactly. Like Eddie Wong's in the in the gym. He's he's boxing. He's eating well. Like no, I like to that point. To that point, once again, going back to mental illness, Kanye is there. I think he's actually dealing with demons, like real hardcore yeah, demons, you know. And it's kind of what happened to Martin before him, and what happened to Chappelle before him. What is, what is it? What is it? I'm, I'm, con- I don't, I know you I don't, don't know have the call, answer. But, they, they but what is it about this environment that cr- causes people to break? It like breaks this? them somehow. But why do we idolize this then? Mm-hmm. Like, That's why are question. we? Why are we idolizing? We're watching men. Men who, by the way, college dropout was brilliant. It's still one of my favorite. Albums it, when ever. college dropout dropped, it's still genius. There's listen to it, you know, listen to it. Someone told me, you know, go back to hip hop, go back. And I'm not saying he was the pinnacle of hip hop. I'm saying his contribution was clear. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's all. And it's timeless. Like here's the thing: when that when college dropout came out, I remember nobody doubted Kanye. Right. Everybody was like, this is genius, this is the future, But this is it. And like, everybody was praising it. Mans now, had a locked jaw yeah. and he was, he and was rapping funny through. That he's fat. There was poetic layers. And now, yeah. and, but I'm saying, what is wrong with the system and why am I idolizing or why am I allowing the idolization of the system that is waiting for people to fall from grace? Yeah. Waiting for people to break, you know? They said it in the Tupac movie that we went to That oh, we pre- I still haven't seen that. Oh, oh, shoot! You weren't with me. It was me no, and no, Omar. You, you and Omar went. We'll watch it together. Like I said, not the greatest movie you've ever seen, but if you put it in the hip hop and basketball <laughs> so kind of arena, no, no, nah, nah, it's true, man. Uh, if you put it in the hip hop and basketball arena, like oh, hip hop and um, love and hip hop arena. Why would I want to put it in that arena? In the in the arena of like I don't want to say those movies, but there is a typical genre of movie. Go for it, girl. <laughs> This is a safe space. So let me tell you about the candy. Okay? Yeah, the candy is a safe space for people to talk. I don't want to be rude. Stories. Ot. Okay, go for it. Okay, child. but let okay. It out. Look, uh, when feel when you look at like when you look at um, the movies that mark like hip hop and basketball and the culture they're often they're they they aren't going to win oscars because the directors are generally really young and they have a very formulaic approach and all the actors are the same blah 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 if you put it in that arena this tupac film is actually okay it's not going to tell <laughs> so in the arena of movies no, it's not great. in the arena of movies that tell this hip hop story it's actually okay however You can never tell the story and impact of hip hop of of Tupac on hip hop in um in a feature film. No, you, you will never be able to do that. This is a Netflix series at a bare minimum. Do you know what I mean? So it shouldn't have been a theater film. Personally, yeah. never in cinema. In a world where Netflix Netflix exists, this should have been a Netflix series mm. because that's the only way you're gonna show uh, how he went to school with Jada Pinkett. How he grew up in. It could get, have been a season. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I feel like okay, you're Let's gonna go jam a home. Like you're gonna. I know he lived a very short life, but a Let's very full it. life. Let's go pitch it. It's kind of. I'm sure it's already. I mean, there's a whole thing. I'm sure it's already there. Anyways, I've lost my train of thought. But I was saying that I remember what I was starting in, which was Kanye. <laughs> Kanye. Um, oh yeah, in the movie they said. 
uh, Tupac had seen himself on TV, I think, uh, at some point, and his mother, who was who was a woman who fought with Mom with the Panthers, she was very warrior. much a very yeah, she was very much a woman at the forefront yeah. of the civil rights mo movement in their arena. She turned to him and said, "They're going to give you the tools to dismantle yourself, mm -hmm. or something along those lines." So she said, "This is the system." Uh, the vice president said his name. Tupac Shakur. Oh, the vice president said his name. Yeah, and, and, and but it, in a negative in context. a neg negative way, saying we have to stop these mm -hmm. artists from putting out this music because this music is, uh, you know, uh, it, it promotes the crime rate. It's misogynistic, and all of those things. And you know, it, to 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 her point. She was saying, this is the system that will dismantle you. And I think that there is so much poeticism in that because we look and you look at Kanye and I I'm watching and I mean to comment on the man's life from the outside, a very public outside that he shared with the world. Um, but then once you're that public, it's not your life anymore. Yeah, but... It belongs to the people, doesn't it? Maybe that was the, the pursuit, right? Yeah. As Dina says, he flew too close to the sun. Exactly. <laughs> you know? He did. And, and I feel... And that's what happens. And I feel like I'm watching this in my lifetime, time and time and time again. How is like, it... Because there's, there's this thing about when you do something well and you're constantly reminded how great you are. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. It gets to a point where if you fight it at the beginning, you're trying to be humble. It's like, <laughs> thank you. You know, you get to a point eventually where you genuinely believe it and believe that anything you put out is, is of is, that caliber. Is sheer brilliance, right? right? But then when you're not doing well, you're not taking the criticism well either, right? Totally. But I, I also believe, and, and I'm, I'm struggling with this at the moment, we say the word humble. And we say the word humility as a trait that needs to be nurtured within us. And yeah. great people are humble. Great people have humility. But when I look at who we've idolized in hip hop culture, you know, we miss that mark sometimes. Really, you know, and I think poverty is really, you know, when you grew up with nothing, you want to show big the chains, you want to, you know. that's exactly it. And I get it, I get you've it. You've starved from it, yeah. Yeah, and you've been told, in, in, in not maybe uh, overtly, but maybe implicitly, the system has told you that this is what rich people do, and you're not going to be one of these people. Do. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I get that, and I get the influence of gangster of of the of the mafia and and guns and being gangster and being like in a family, or watching the yeah. The, I believe that the Godfather impacted you know the Godfather, the Scarface, and totally. all those characters. Yeah. And I feel like I understand it, but we're evolved now. You know, we mm. can turn to the fathers of hip hop, and some of them are still alive, and they do talk about it. They talk like. When you talk to some of them, they're like, we were just poor kids and we That's couldn't it. document ourselves mm -hmm. and we couldn't, you know, but we are, you know, privileged. We are intelligent. We are educated. So we have to elevate it. And I struggle when I see the Kanye situation. I struggle because I'm like, how many people idolize this guy and the system? And I don't even know what the system is, is doing what it always does, which is break him completely, yeah. you know, and um Maybe he'll recover. I hope he recovers, you know. But that's the thing. I think this is, I don't know if it's like lack of self-awareness or there was a self-awareness, but he got too gassed up by the people around him that Maybe. he stopped having that sense of self-awareness. Like, if we go back to the point before, which was the Adam bit with that email, was that 
he stood because he's privileged he can make that argument not only that it's because he's not famous he's, <laughs> no do you get what i mean yeah, like but that's the thing. no one he's knows not his famous, name he's so not starving what does he have to lose he's if not he says starving no to your project? he's living a good life yeah right he doesn't desperately need it yeah so he can or, make that or argument. maybe he doesn't desperately want it because that's the other thing if you want to make it whatever it is um, the media, and it's a system that we're in as well, says, well, you do anything by hook, by crook, by yeah. whatever. There's a cat's thing couch, and if you know it, you, you, might, you might have to lie down in it sometimes. Yeah. Like they say that to the women in, this, in, 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 the, in the industry. Not in Dubai, because we actually don't have that kind of an industry no, here. Yeah. But it certainly was that way when we were in Canada. And uh, I experienced like a lot of that firsthand. And just like Adam, because I had a job, because I was doing this for fun, I could actually just say, no, I'm not sleeping with you. I don't need to, mm. you know. Um, but many women did because they needed to. They wanted to make it, whatever make it was, you know. And I find that very, um, uh, it, it's challenging to try and, to try and uh, comprehend all of that and, 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 and make sense of it, right? Because yeah. we're a part of that. That's the problem. Because we are, it's a lot of responsibility on us to kind of put a, put a line to it put an end to these things even in day-to-day -day practice of yeah. what we do yeah um, and this was something i struggled with in advertising which is not the same caliber nor is it the same example as like a casting couch but like in advertising it's always a matter of they take they try to fake the funk right yeah and then you got to be a gatekeeper where you're like no it's not no this it's is done. fake but it's always challenging like i'm in i remember in my old job where i was I'm one person within 200 people that are saying this is wrong. Yeah. And it needs to be done this way. You can't get some little kid and have a copywriter who's never written music before write song rap lyrics for this ad. Yeah. It doesn't work. It and doesn't work. I'm constantly fighting that battle, right? But now, even we failed, like with some stuff we've put out recently, in the process, we were just constantly, like you saw the battle. Hmm? We were battling it, and then finally we caved or else we wouldn't get paid. And in that situation, yeah. we needed, we were in so deep. But this we is needed why now to, it's you like, know. This is why everything I've been putting so much effort in that is not necessarily revenue generating or as a source of income. I'm putting so much effort in as proof of concept. Yeah, of course. Because now I could walk in and be like, we did we this did and this. it worked. Exactly. It yeah. doesn't have to be this way. Like, I had to be a gatekeeper back then. The difference now is I have my own company. Yeah. So I could be like, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And I can dictate the law now. That agency is really, it. when I say agency, I don't mean agency. I mean yeah. like the, the right to do things that your yeah. way or your capacity to do things your way. Um, I think that's really important. Because I think we do have a moral compass that we're constantly calibrating, yeah. you know. And um, I think part of it, it's very funny because when I sit and I look back at everything, I look back at the cultures that shape me, the different yeah. cultures that shape us, you know. And um, as we kind of move the can into like, you know, uh, we're now at our 89th episode. Like, who are we as the can? And we have to ask each other those questions all the time. And I, I, I feel very happy that we do. This is the thing, like... Um, when I was at Cannes, to go back to that, the CEO of RGA was giving a talk, and he was speaking about how 20 years ago, they used to recalibrate the direction of the ship every four to seven years. Yeah. He's like, now we're doing it every six months. And and this is what I'm saying. Every And I, I say that every quarter you calibrate what yourself. You're doing, you have to question why you're doing it, yeah. and you have to kind of 
you got to check yourself every time. Yeah. Right? And you got to make sure you're headed the right direction because even that right direction shifts. Absolutely. Because, you know? and that's something that, you know, uh, in, in culture and in music and in, in, in art and in life and in business, especially, um, asking who are we and shifting who we are to be honest to the truth of yourself in that moment is important, but also knowing where that moment fits in the larger strategy. So I'm really glad that you made a five-year strategy for us, a 10-year strategy for us that we look at loosely. Mm. You know, that's the general, we're going east. We're not going to like zero, zero point one, whatever. We're going east. You know, yeah. at least I know that. Wherever that takes yeah. us, it takes us. How we, we get there, I'll fit. Yeah, are we still going east? Is east where exactly. we want to go? You know, those are the questions yeah. that you have to ask yourself, I think, every day. And um, as the business grows, as we grow, as you know, I think I become more contemplative now. The more younger people get in our arena, the more responsible I feel um, to empower them. And I'm like, well, how how do we empower them? Who am I to give them something? Anything. Yeah. The truth is, is that if we're living ourselves completely, I feel like that's the example. There's always going to be something, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet where it all goes, you know, but I feel like kids like Adam give me hope, you know, this way gorilla kids, they give me hope, you know. But what's crazy is that in our lifetime, we've seen, I didn't know anyone with a peanut allergy in any of my classes. No, none. And then as I began to grow up, I was watching these kids, you can't bring peanut butter to school. Mm. Like these allergies started to increase. And I was like, oh, is this the food we're eating? Is it the world we're living in? I don't know. But Iraq at the time was in sanctioned Iraq. I think people had hope, you know, and Sandra, my friend, still goes to visit her family in Iraq. She still goes to Baghdad. You've never been since you left, right? I I cannot go. Mm. I will, my heart will break at watching the city streets that I was supposed to inherit lined with walls to stop car bombs. Mm. I can't see this. I can't, when you see pictures of my aunts from the 1960s and the 1970s, You'll see them with their hair out in bell bottoms, playing volleyball on the beach at the university, like going to the university mm. to become doctors, teachers, lawyers. That this was annihilated. Yeah, that's not there anymore. I can't go back. It's not for me. But I will. I'm trying to tackle it as myself, as Reem, modern Reem, and I'm trying to figure out how to tell the stories of hope that I remember. You know, um, and I'm trying to figure out how to how to do that with grace and that's not an easy thing to do i think narcy does that really well you know the little basra baby does he tackles it very publicly uh i think ahmed habib who runs shakumaku.net Yo, um they he tackles it really really well i have a lot of angst about it and anger but i don't allow that to so have any place in my life where's your stage your microphone or your notepad or whatever it is that you're going to use to put that out there and let it out because if you have all that angst I don't even know if angst is just sadness I don't even think it's angst it's just sadness but even then like it should go somewhere I think that I will write about it one day I think writing it is my way of doing it I was actually thinking of doing um, a podcast series called Baghdad Lullabies I had it in my head and it was like all the stories that I remembered just to kind of keep them you know Um, time. You've been podcasting 50 plus episodes. Yeah, I know. Time, man. And also time. And I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid to tackle it right now because I'm not, um, you know, when we when we have to go back to those places, I have to 
uh, resurrect my mom getting beaten very violently my father uh, you know the le uh, losing my dad in a war I thought he was dead in coming back to a man who was enraged like completely PTSD completely like not my father like somebody mm. else um, and then also like remembering I got so sick that my under eyes were peeling like I, there was like a lot of chemical warfare you know that Saddam inflicted upon his people, you know, and me being the privileged, again, the conflict of the privileged, you know, um, was I was an Iraqi in a UN holding school. So m some of my cousins were in very, very dire conditions, whereas my dad, because he hustled, was able to get us an amazing life in the middle of a very difficult world. Um, that tenacity I'm grateful for, but struggling with that, uh, privilege is something that I'm not sure I'm ready to fully comprehend, you know? But I speak about it openly enough now that I think I have some words. Took you a while to speak about it openly? I think so. Um, I don't think I had those words when I was in high school or in university. I when could, politically, politically speaking, I understood quite a bit. When did it start where you felt like you could speak about it? I think much more now. Um, when I When I started my business... And I starting a business, if you are born to do it like we are, uh, it forces you to face everything that you are because you see your legacy in it. Mm. And you're like, well, am I going to give them this brokenness? Am I going to give it? It's a reflection of you. Yeah. So all of the things that are, is wrong with it is a reflection of me. So am I like, am I going to give it this resentment? Am I going to give it this, you know, and, and whatever you focus on will be imputed into the business as, as all great things, you know, are, are sponges. So, and to be honest with you, uh, when I meet wonderful Iraqis, um, and, and, and like, I, I, I feel a sense of, oh, we'll be okay. You know, mm -hmm. those of us who are part of the diaspora that really love a home that we once knew. Um, Ahmed Habib really speaks very um, uh, strongly with, with words of great passion about the demise of Iraq. And he speaks very critically of its treatment in the, in the media. But anyways, on that note, uh, what, what I feel, what I feel if, you know, when I tackle the Iraqi issue is that that's where I'm not Arab enough. So part of Dukan has allowed Dukan has allowed me to sort a lot of it out. My Arabness comes from my Iraqiness. Mm. It's certainly not from anywhere else. Um, but the question of how Iraqi am I is uh, is one that I don't know if I'm ready to tackle because I don't have much ground to prove it anymore. I don't know what Iraq is or what my Iraq was or you know. So I look at examples around me and. Um, I feel very deeply uh, inspired by a lot of them, and I wonder wh who is the lovely architect, that amazing architect. La Hadid. Zah yeah, when she passed away, I I cried because mm. I wondered who's left for us now, who are the women that stand at this caliber, at this uh, with with this grace, you know, um, not disgrace with that grace, um, and uh, I always wondered if I was big enough to mm. to to sit on that throne you know, on a throne like that. And the reality is I'm not, and I'm cool with that. But I have to be big enough to accept, like, my story and whatever, the, what and all the crap that comes with that, you know? But I guess the same goes for you and Sudan, no? Like, what's Sudan for you? you no idea. Yeah. You know? We'll tackle that, but... It's a whole other world. It's a whole um, other world, but you grew up here, like... And for, for me, I look at you and I feel like... 
you celebrate so, your culture so much, you know. But the, then again, that was a Dukan journey. It wasn't before. Ah, yeah. Uh, Dukan like, was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, I think, yeah, genuinely, if it wasn't for Dukan, maybe I wouldn't have gotten to this point where I could feel like I could tackle it. It has been our therapy, hasn't it? Yeah, because, it, because the thing is that... The further you progress, the more you dig deeper into yourself. Yeah. And they go hand in hand. You can't do one without the other. And because of that, because of that progression, I've looked deeper and back into a lot of not just my roots, but me as a person. And it gets you to question a lot of things, especially because the caliber and the kind of people we have. That Are you we kidding sit me? With, like, uh, hands down, I've always believed in this and everything and all my work was that the best research is people. Yeah. Talk to people and talk to older people. Yeah. Talk to people who have gone through it. Talk to people who have experienced the journey. It no data could tell you that. I you know one no of the things that I love about that. the people that we um our family, like who we are close yeah. to. Whenever we see someone older than us, we we just want to sit with them and tell yeah. like we're like can we go to dinner? Can we be your friend? <laughs> like, exactly. All we want to do is That's hang out it. with them, and the OG crew is Yo. the only crew to hang out with. It's Yo. so true. Because like as vast and as wide the internet is, and big data, no. and just data, but like and all the articles and things that are written, it does not. It can never take over the experience of when you sit with someone who's weathered and experienced, yeah. and go through it. Like there was actually a saying in Arabic where like you know. Ask a person who's gone through it, not a person who studied it. Or I completely like that. agree. And that's exactly it. And like, Dukkan allowed for that where we spoke to all these people who've gone through different experiences and then that force, no, you can try to avoid it, but that, oh, it forces you to reflect on yourself. On yourself. But and like, even I look at, you know, my experience of Sudan is through you and Firas, really. Yeah. And uh, Firas's family is so unbelievably artistic. Like, to this this deep rooted uh, uh, here's the funny thing our families are polar opposite really like his family they're artists All they're completely artists writers yeah. they're, they're writers poets literature majors um, but listen to his music like musicians writers, exactly yeah, yeah. Tra- um, language experts like they're, they're in this world of art and writing of all kinds and then my family's the exact opposite just hardcore business people which is amazing uh, yeah and like my mom being in medicine you know my dad being a businessman and like having this throughout our families and like even in my extended family i don't know if we've got artists or writers i think you're the only one that kind of like moves that ground a little bit i'm the closest no but your cousin has that amazing insta feed abdullah yeah abdullah abbas so like he's abdullah abbas is probably the most artistic person in the family okay cool and he's like He's, he's the odd one out. But is he celebrated, though, or is he made fun he of? Is. Like, so, those Friday we're talking... Fridays, I love them because then I get to sit with my cousins and my extended family, and we kind of catch up and just talk life, and my parents, and everybody's there, right? And one of them was actually talking about him, where when he started doing his art, I remember I used to get frustrated. He was living with me at the time. So he was with me and Mubarak in our apartment, and I'd get frustrated. I was like, bro, you need to like let people know this is your art and put something out there. I was like, I'll buy it off of you. I was like, we could do this idea. We could start selling it, and it could be a thing. And he's like, no, 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 not yet, not yet. And I'm like, at least put your name on it. He's like, no. And his argument was, he's like, I don't want to put my name on it. I want people to find out it's me. Okay, I get I'm like, that. Uh, Bro, yeah, but you bro. and I come from a very, like, bro. we don't have that kind of time. I would have been selling these pieces for <laughs> Yeah, twice. we don't have that kind of like, time. We got to make money off of it. And he, would, he didn't even have them saved in high res. 
like their artworks that haven't gone public <laughs> because they didn't know what high res means. That's right. But see, that's the thing. <laughs> that's that's what I love about some artists, and I think the artistic nature. It's to create. It's that's, to create. Well, and the sale is not the issue. What happened was one of his pieces went on the internet, and yeah. someone was like. Oh my Does God, anybody I know it. who this person is? Yeah. So I was like, oh, we heard it's some Sudanese artist. And, oh, I think it's this girl. And, like, no. and then the girl was added on the Twitter feed, uh, the Twitter thread, and no, it's not her. And, and then this whole investigation happened to find him. Finally, was like, oh, I heard about this dude. It's Abdullah Bass's Sudanese kid from Saudi who happens to go to AUS back then. Oh, no way. And then, and then he goes, like, see? See, I told you. That's yeah. What I was but about. I think, but here's right? what's fun. Oh, like, what is it about the art in the Sudanese community that, like, the artists in the Sudanese community for here's me, the you guys, I'm not saying you guys yeah, as, yeah. Like, a, like, a brush stroke. Yeah. But what I'm seeing are these pockets of just brilliance. So, so like, like the dude who made the shirt, um, sorry, who made the, the cartoon. Khalid, Khalid Al-Bay. Khalid, the, the, the yeah. Kaepernick, um, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting down. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the caricature of yeah. it, and I'm like, it's genius. Right. It's perfect. You know, and and of course it's and perfect. And it's gone to a point where and every it's so perfect. And every, every artist every is rocking a shirt. Yeah. So uh, and he's rocking. They're they're rocking the design yeah. that he felt so moved by. That he made the afro into a uh, fist, and it just that made abs like uh, sometimes. That's the that's the thought to me. And look, and they found him somehow. somehow. Exactly. And the thing is that there's there's a lot of discipline in in academia. Yeah. Um, in in Sudanese culture generally, like academia is everything. Um, so it's it's actually usually no surprise. Like you talk to a lot of people, like oh, yo, the smart kid, the Sudanese kid in class in school. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You, you, you is it seen as a way out of like? Is it? It's is a way it, out of a lot of things. It's exactly. a way out of like poverty. It's is a, it a way out of? No, not not just that. Not. It's um. You know how you were talking about that place in Baghdad, the street with all the books. Ah, uh, yeah. There's a high respect and regard for the for intellect. That. Yeah. Right? For the intellect. But then intellect does not restrict you to engineering business or lawyer or whatever. It's just being educated and well-rounded and knowing stuff, you know? Um, and art plays a big part of it. Yeah, definitely. Like, you could be a farmer by day, but then when, in the evening, when you come back from the village, everybody's gathered, you bring out your oud and your player, like, you put out a flute and you play and people start talking and singing. And generally, they're very poetic people. Yeah, um, I love that. Um, I noticed that. Like, incredibly. I see it, and I've seen it through you guys. Yeah. I haven't. I would have never been exposed to it unless it was through right. you guys, right? Like, I'm like the least poetic person there is. No, you punk the poets. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think. But I think altogether, you know, um, what we have as I, you know, part of the can for me is self exploration, but an exploration of our movement, like mm -hmm. of our friends and 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 our culture. And I think that you know the, our shared culture yeah. here. It is, and like it's funny. I always joke about it, about like how my dad goes, like, "Oh, this is the gun guy." You yeah, know? yeah. But like he gets it, and that was that's always great to see that they they see this instant growth or faster growth that comes through the gun, and you know my cousins see it, and like they're talking about how when. You know, their friends were talking. Somebody says something about the cut, and they're like, "Oh, I know, that's my cousin." Really? And it's becoming a thing. We're like, but they get the deeper message in it, and they they understand the the depth of thought that goes into it, and how they get self reflecting about certain things that are being said, and it became this 
it's becoming a piece of itself. Like the guys from my Khartoum who hit us up and thought you were Sudanese, and you know, like to my Sudanese, <laughs> to my Sudanese countrymen, I love you. <laughs> <You're not. laughs> no, I, I, I took that Which, as a point. Somebody, of, so I are, took that as a point of pride. As always. somebody else said that the other day, by the way. Oh really? I yeah, no, but it, because it's just me. because of you know all of the community. Because I was like, I was like Iraqi Filipino, like no, she's Sudanese. And you're like, no. I'm pretty sure I'm she's sure. Iraqi Filipino, dude. I checked. Yeah, no, I yeah. think. I think I've, I'm very grateful to be able to be so close to the culture, but I don't know much about it yet. Yeah. So I think a trip to Sudan when we have a moment is absolutely in order. Yeah. Me, you, like for us, go, you know, you Definitely. guys can show me your world. and Take cameras. Yeah, exactly. And and maybe it's just Insta stories all the way through. And I think that's part of it is that, it, you know, you, you're, the culture is so rich but also so insular in some it ways it's very much like filipino culture now yeah. in many ways but that's also what's gotten me to like now i've been talking to mississippi ibrahim and i've been talking to other sudanese um not just artists but people out there who are grinding or doing great content and putting stuff out to kind of dig into what that means yeah and what it is to be seen like you being able to find people like Narsi and um, people like Ahmed Habib in your life and like trying to go into this what is it means to be Iraqi and what is that context look like yeah. or people like Shaybani as well exactly right? like when I see Shaybani I feel like you know my darling hello like I've, yeah. I know you you know and exactly. I know the journey and I know it's tough and that's why I have a deep love and support for someone so young trying yeah. to have literally a voice right literally a there, voice exactly. you know what I mean and for the longest time I had a I had a loathing relationship with this idea of being Sudanese and it's not an easy thought because it's you're not allowed to speak about that and you're not allowed to challenge the status quo. Well, you're not and allowed to challenge yourself. It's a part of your makeup. Right? Yeah. You can't be like, and, No, I don't want to be Iraqi. And that it was sucks. complete denial. You exactly. Know? And like you're just you avoid it, you avoid the people, you avoid everything that it's yeah. about for the longest time. But then Something you, happens. Something happens, and you suddenly, okay, this is goes to the Dukan journey, where it's like, okay, I want to dig into this, and I want to figure out what the story is, and that's the idea of, like, me talking to Mississippi, like, yo, can we document and figure this out, go on a trip and research it, of this non-Sudanese Sudanese story, Yeah. right? Um, and, like, looking in, because... Because of the internet, now I'm seeing all these different people doing great things, and... Yo, I slotted to everybody's games like, yo, let's work on something, let's do this, let's do that. And people get excited, like Flipter, who I've never heard of, all of a sudden does one dope track. I message him and now we want to work together and do stuff. That's you know? amazing. And it just builds this online Sudanese community of these artists and me trying to storytell their, and take their it moment. This journey. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, right? And like kind of take it up to the next level where okay so there's him there's Mr. Ibrahim great and then there's this girl Razan who's got who actually owns the account at Sudan on Instagram ah uh, she does and she does this documentation oh is that I am Razan I really That's love the her girl. I really love her I'd love to have her on the show right? and then you've got people like um, what's her name Safia I think Safia or something and she's this amazing Sudanese American poet and like all these different people doing their bit and it's like, have you guys dug into your journey or not? And they maybe that's to kind of the critical questions that we should be asking each yeah. other, you know. And I think that that deeper, like, who are we as people, mm. and what cultures we inform, and why do we inform these cultures, and why are these our chosen cultures? Exactly. Because there's the cultures you choose, and there's the culture you inherit. And, and this was a huge topic this 
past weekend when you know we got her along with the family so my cousin she was talking from more of a, a marriage point of view because yeah. her dad is a bit racist to certain Sudanese tribal mentality so it's like internally like internally and not just internally but pretty racist against other nationalities and is pretty aggressive with it so how who does he expect her to marry someone of where she comes from like as in from the place she she comes from right and then the argument is well if that's what you wanted you should have never raised us away from it fair enough right and that's where she comes from she's like you can't get introduce me to the world and this open-mindedness and this levels of education and all different types of and then expect me to go right back to this it doesn't work that way you know she's like and how does she handle that like does she handle it like rebelliously or gracefully or i mean not to say that they're they're a lot more graceful than i am (laughs) um like she's she's actually the way she handles it is very intelligent like she's She's good at setting up these dialogues and getting people to speak. And okay. Like, had, I would have just rebelled and said, the system, you know? I'm out, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like, going to marry who I want to marry. I would have been, like, you know, guns blazing out of this. But, like, she's very graceful. She knows how to open these dialogues and get people to kind of dig deeper into it and understand these things, where I wasn't about it. Like, my dad gives the most diplomatic responses so when these questions and conversation open up everybody looks at my dad's like no what do you actually think like we're like tell us the tell truth tell us the truth yeah you know? spill and, the tea <laughs> yeah but even then my dad like which i think why a lot of my cousins feel very comfortable with my parents because my parents are very direct as well and they're very open yeah um and they're pretty chilled in the context of being sudanese like we get away with a lot like you mean you, as you kids? Me and my brothers, and but we've always had that open dialogue for so long that they understand it in a way where, like, listen, we grew up here, so what is this? Who we are? Because okay, great, we're proud of being Sudanese, but we don't live in Sudan, so we're not really Sudanese in that context. So then, what does it actually mean to be Sudanese or not? And we have these talks, and we kind of just open. I think that's amazing. It, which is very unusual. Um, and I realize that, and then people feel better after they talk. We call yeah, me of course you gas show. it out. Everybody kind of talks and like complain and vent and say what they gotta say, and everybody goes home feeling better. Whether there was a res- whether there was an answer or not, yeah. it's something that is. I don't put think on the there table. will ever be an answer. I think that's the thing is that this is kind of something that we. It's cons- so much of it is constructed by humanity before us. Yeah. So we are tackling, you know constructs and so it just helps us kind of survive them it lubricates the journey and makes you feel like okay i got found like i've it's got a like philosophical in its own way but like there's a lot of deeply rooted um connotations to it like for example this is I, this is the one example i've been given a lot and it's part of the journey of me going to like part of this journey i'm going into and i will i'm documenting as much of it as i can which is that when we're kids, we get made fun of for not understanding what a word means, right? Yeah. So, and the the worst part is, and we've, we've spoken about this, and yeah. the worst part was that... You get it, bullied. You get bullied for not knowing, and it's coming from an uncle or an aunt. It's right? kind of the worst, so, isn't it? Cause, yeah. Because it's an adult bullying you. You're 10 or 12, you ask me of a word that you used in the village in the 70s. How am I the f- Exactly, exactly. Right? And then it's like, <laughs> y'all, you kids, you don't know what it means. You living in Dubai, you Western kids, and we get made fun of for being the kids who speak 
Arabic or speak English in a different way and then that's it like oh you're not Sudanese enough and you get bullied by family and it's serious bullying it's a it ha- it's its own type of trauma and what makes it worse is it comes from inside your house it's your uncle aunt or other relatives and that at the time you don't realize that you just feel like an idiot that you didn't know what the word is but how am I supposed to know what it means if nobody taught it to me right and then not until later you look at it in hindsight and you realize that oh, sh- is a trauma that has been inflicted upon you from a very young yeah, age. I guess, it's, it's you know real. what, to be honest with you, I look around at our peers and like the people we're closest to and everybody has met this point of resistance where you're like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that, <laughs> you yeah. know? And where most people toe the line, the people that we surround ourselves with actually are like, no, 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 Back it up, back it up. <laughs> yeah. Come, come. We, including Adam, my brother, inclu- yeah. like including my sister, who was mm. like, no, that's not, you know. So all of us have kind of met this yeah. moment where we and said, no, and the thing is, this I, is not for me. And the thing is, like, I cut that out with anything, not just the situation where, like, what was it? Uh, I know Akawi did it. Um, when I got hit up for some random ad for a club or something and they wanted to call it the nomad and they wanted us all in it because like if all you see is Akawi wearing a headdress and painted face yo, and like, i got that email i was so angry you were like, so angry i remember okay I remember, let's I give it let's give, give it some context you, i gave it to you to rewrite it for yeah, me yeah no let's give it some it was context too harsh. so we received this email from a local restaurant that was hosting an event and the the general theme of the event was nomad yeah. but nomad like burning man in the desert right yeah so um uh, and I, OT got this email. I remember you got this email, and it was talking about how they wanted us to come and wear costumes, yeah. and how they wanted to film it because we would look good in the costumes. And uh, I knew it was so wrong. And I remember you read it, can and you I, were so I angry. I was furious. I, I'm pretty sure you started your email with "Hello, f word, f word, f word." Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of those. And yeah. I said, you know. The so it was hey, okay, hey. Okay. hey hi Omar so <laughs> it was someone representing this thing called it was a video for something called the nomad for this restaurant and they defined nomads as a seeker of the sun the chaser of dreams the non-conformist and the non-compliant and when people come of nomad for an evening it is a place where they can be whoever they want to be I mean it's not okay. it's not it's sure just so the video is having people wearing costumes between brackets think burning man vibes exactly that's what and i was want you to. capital y o u yeah i remember when you saw the capital u you were like and capital f u <laughs> <laughs> and the video is going to be at some campaign and techno music oh like good god I, I got so furious and i was like okay reem yeah. this is what i'm writing <laughs> make it sound polite so i deleted your whole email and rewrote it and but so I this is this is what we ended up with what like, did we end up with like hi x Hello. Thank you for your email. Fuck. Seriously. We were nice. That Wallah, we were polite. nice. Wallah. I like, all right, given it some thought, shared it with the team. Unfortunately, it's not something I'd like to participate in as it is off-brand. It was. was not, it was. I agreed. Which is a very, very polite start compared to what I had at the beginning. Because I kind of skipped the nice bit. <laughs> Part of the ethos of, uh, uh, of the kind is for us to articulate issues and experiences surrounding the third culture. Kids in the Arab world... We the use of nomad in the loose sense in this example appropriates and dilutes the true essence of a pillar in our culture, which is why I don't feel like it would be right for us to wear costumes and make light of this. My God, listening to you right now, I realize how good I am. 
listening to me right now, I realize how many emails I want you to write for me. <laughs> I'm a professional email writer. <laughs> That's a new title. I'm, I'm going to add that. I'll, I'm going to... You should add that to your job title somehow. What's that movie? Catch me if you know. OT's no. email softener. <laughs> That's your new I, title. Soften the blow. <laughs> What is that movie where the guy fires people for a living and he lives like in... Oh, yeah. George Clooney's thing. That's got, that guy's me. I'm no, that guy. No, because he's an asshole. You're too no. nice. Oh, okay. No, I'm you're, not. You're a softener. I'm you're, the better version. That, I'm the better yeah. version, for sure. You're like, oh, no, but don't worry. No. Life will be nice for you. <laughs> oh, my is, goodness. We're going to set you free. That's what you do. <laughs> That's what I would have I would sit there and be like, bro. You're fired. <laughs> listen, listen. We're not going to fire you, but. You're fired. But how about you? How about you send in your resignation? Yeah. You could keep a low cash for yourself. <laughs> See? Positive side. But you're like, you know what, baby, don't worry. We're going to take care of you together. We're going to figure out, like, friends. Well, I was like, what and you're gonna is be the like, biggest oh, dream buddy. you ever had? <laughs> Let me help Now you. is the time to chase that dream. Now you dream. can make it. <laughs> you know, I'm glad we held ground on that But one. But that's what I think we need. We need more of it, and we need more like us. Yeah. Where I we, think there will be more like us. Yeah, because, you know? and I think they're, they're there, and it's just building up, because we're the ones that are, if we don't set the boundaries, nobody's going to do it for us, no, and we'll get taken we advantage have, of. Yeah, and we also have a very clear understanding of the industry, because yeah. of our lo- we're lucky enough we to engage so with it. Yeah, so it's not foreign to us. No. It's not whatever. We know the game. We know it's a game. But we also know that there's a deeper message that we live by. And, and that's something I'm proud of, yeah. you know? So, I don't know. And I feel like part of this episode and this talk is also a call-out for the Iraqi, for the Filipino. <laughs> Sudanese <laughs> For the Sudanese, because I, you, I, I, all like, you Canadians, I'm I love you. I'm about to genuinely embark on this... Deeper root, journey. This deeper journey of digging, pulling out roots and actually going on to this where answering the question of what is Sudan for a non-Sudanese uh, or the non-Sudanese Sudan is for those who grew up away from it what does that mean to you? I think that's um, a really wonderful endeavor and it's and an I internal like, struggle Yeah, and it's something that I haven't voiced out enough and recently I've been talking about it a lot Yeah, I think that you've been struggling with it a I bit have. and I think we should just like struggle like figure out the struggle out loud that's so it. You know, and and I know, I know that you're not the only one who feels it. Yeah. I know that. So The more people I talk to, the more I realize it actually wasn't just me. No, no, um, no. And they've been through their own versions of it. And sometimes it's like I just tell an example or a story. They're like, oh, my, oh God, my God, me too. I'm like, yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. And I think that because because you're a part of it, the word diaspora is what comes to mind yeah. which is you know you are a part of this nation kind of separate not separated literally but embark people embarked on different journeys yeah. around the world and i think that that's something that i'm in, i'm looking forward to seeing what this will bring let's see be fun. let's see might do my first film i'm just saying hey man we're behind you at least you got crew i know at least you got crew yeah, yo. first Omar thing is Abbas, first thing is crew and kit man That's first it. thing 17. is crew and kit let's go done that's how it yeah. is uh. okay 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 primero yeah upper middle class but the fan for the ghetto yeah cause i locked up cause he did it for the nero yeah go and get it papa say you sound with the devil hold up Things change. Really hard to do it for the love when it's pain. A lot of people say what they want like they yay, but the two hype kids really need to go and play. Okay, 
Okay, okay, okay. You should dress like you in OA. I went up to in one day. You really sound like old man. Woo. Yeah. I tell you everything that you know, I'll expose you. Yeah. Watch what you say, young boy, I'll expose you. Yeah. I wanna say your name, people pay for that exposure. Yeah. QQQ till the day really over. What's up, the Khan fam? Welcome to your tribe. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Please rate and review the show on any of your podcast apps and make sure it's five stars because we need that, you know, to move this thing forward. If you want to hit us up, we're on all the social media platforms. Find us at D-U-K-K-A-N-S-H-O-W If you want to hit me up personally I am Irshad You can find me on all the socials At I-R-S-H-A-D underscore I-N Or I-N-I And for more information and access to exclusive content Visit the website That's www.dukanshow.com And subscribe to our news So see you on next week ready for bedtime Better get ready for bedtime This shit is straight out the block Nandi equipped with the sauce You know I still got the juice with the mob, I do not live by the law, I do not live for the fame, throw this away in a second, but man I got money to make, man I got bitches to take, yeah, man I got digits to make, yeah, swear that I want it today, swear that I want it today, swear that I got me no feelings, I've been through this shit like again and again and I'm mixing these drugs like a motherfucking chemist, it's turning me into a menace like Dennis, always been involved, always been my fault, if you didn't know, I'm the only one. Got a bad bitch lit like Zelda Bitch wanna lit like Zelda White bitch, that's Zelda Futuristic nigga like Zelda Zelda, Zelda Now don't see me eating like Zelda Zelda, Zelda Cause I never got a friend like Zelda Got a bad bitch like Zelda White bitch, yeah she nigga like Zelda Futuristic nigga like Zelda Zelda, Zelda Nando's, that's Zelda Zelda, Zelda White bitch Zelda, nigga just been like a Zelda. Got a bad bitch like Zelda, straight from Venezuela. Middle name, real Zelda. Yeah, she looking like Zelda. Zelda, Zelda. Got a bad bitch looking like Zelda. White bitch, that's Zelda. Nando's eating, yeah, call me like Zelda. I live the same with the lane. Young nigga wearing a Supreme. I bust your bitch with the team. I bust your bitch with the team. Making money, that's a green, green. What you mean, what you mean, me? Everyone in my team. Butter boom, butter bang. Come true, do my thing. Not lying on the phone, I'm a blame. When I come true, it's a thing. When I come true, it's a thing. Birds in the trap, they sing. Shout out to Travis, yeah, that's my man. Man, there's a zing with a lean, lean. I miss a zing with a cold thing. What? What you mean, what you mean? You're nappy. What you mean, what you mean? My tango. Blame, blame, my jet, my tango. Blame, blame. Run to the pussy like a maniac, maniac. Shout out to my nigga for the brainiac, brainiac. Like, Yo, coming through like way up, way up. Coming through the thing, way up. Got a bad bitch like Zelda. I 
bitch spilling with a fence up. Been knocking niggas like Rondo. Making wrong moves going down, huh? Ain't no about my my danza. Young nigga making green. I come from with the scene. I don't fuck with a team. You know I'm rolling in the city like a prince, yeah. Middle name to my homie, he the shit, yeah Asian boy, I'm a motherfucking chink, yeah I might pull up with a couple new things, yeah Yeah, I might fuck around and fuck a hundred bitches today If I can finish them all, I'ma save some dinner for later I add that purple to my slushy, yeah, I'm feeling sedated But man, to these hoes, man, I need me a cake I can see through all the things in front of me So she give hers while I find mine Kitty's still alive, but I killed that shit nine times Not the first time, different kinds, there's a fine line Sheesh. Some people always switch sides, ain't no other sides around here You should pick mine, making waves both directions, it's a riptide Asked for my number and I gave that bitch six nines Got CeeLo on the chat, smoke CeeLo with my bitch I'm too wavy on these hoes, I make it really hard to swim Leave Lilo with a stitch, oh, got sauce, I make it drip Talking about my wrist of work, I swear I'm Gordon with the dish Ooh, 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 my nigga glow in the dark Treating the pussy like paper, you know I just gotta tear it apart These rappers ain't going far, I had this shit from the start Your homies be guessing you up, I treat this shit like a fart Nickname, too easy, a play Get green, Luigi My face on the TV I'm sick, like VD My bitch, like Didi I'm in now, yeah, you see me That's a promise, like a pinky Man, always be lying like a dandy My flow too sweet like candy Click make me feel like Rambo I'm flexing like I'm Namdi Why is she calling me father? Uh, you are not my daughter. No babies. No babies. Uh, uh, ain't no babies. Uh, yeah, ain't no babies. Uh, uh, uh. Bitch, don't take me for a fool. Bitch, I came from the squatters. Now only for big booty hoes. They a bunch of fucking squatters. No, you ain't making squat. I don't run from the cops. Uh, I don't fuck with the ops. Uh, I can do the Millie Rock. Uh, Go mistake me for a square. Uh, better know how to box. Oh uh, my god, run the Philippines. Uh, take her back to Dubai. Got a whole lot of new money though. <laughs> Plenty equipment.